Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they lost game two in Memphis to the Grizzlies 106-101 in a game that was pretty ugly again, just like game one was. And just to start off with the whole Gary Payton, the second thing, like Dylan Brooks, that guy is officially right up there with Danny Green as a target of Warriors fans' hatred and disdain. That was such a dirty play. You know, like I see this getting litigated on Twitter and people are saying, it was just a basketball play, hard-nosed playoff play. No, man, if you look at that, some people are trying to say that Dylan Brooks made a play for the ball. Nah, (laughs) he doesn't even really jump. He just takes a swing at his head and doesn't even come close to the ball. If he wanted to get the ball, he would have made an effort to reach for the ball, but instead he wound up and he swung through Gary Payton's head. And I agree with Steve Kerr. That's dirty. And I have no idea what the rules are, but the dude should definitely be suspended. You know what I'm saying? There's just no place for that. If this were the 1980s or even 70s, then sure, maybe. You could get away with this, but with all the attention being paid to these ticky-tack flagrant ones, ticky-tack flagrant twos that got Draymond kicked out of game one, this is blatant to me. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't incidental. It actually looked more like he was going for his head and had an opportunity to make it look like he was trying to make a play on the ball. You know what I mean? It's aggravating because once you saw the replay... And you saw that he came down on his elbow, like straight down. At first I was like, okay, he didn't hyperextend it like Andrew Bogut did when he played in Milwaukee for the Bucks. But when you saw it come straight down, you're like, man, that is a lot of force that hits that joint if there's no give, if there's no bending, you know? It's just landing on that joint. And I don't know as of now how bad it is, but it's just a shame. And it's just a shame because You know, first and foremost, yes, it hurts the Warriors, and I'll get to that, what it means, but it sucks because I was sitting there thinking about all of Gary Payton's career and his narrative, especially from preseason until now, and I remember episodes (laughs) that I did of this podcast where I talked about how Payton has finally found a home, how this situation is perfect for him, how he's kind of a revelation and how he was able to show really what he could do after years, what, like six years of trying to stick with a team. And this was his chance to showcase, you know, not just help the Warriors win, but showcase his abilities. He's going to be a free agent. And I've talked about how I would love for the Warriors to keep him, but this was his chance to really show what he could do on the big stage. And so that is taken away from him. And it just sucks. You know, it just sucks on a very human level that now he's done, most likely done for the playoffs, I'm guessing. It's a really, really just bummer for him and for all those of us who are fans of his and have enjoyed watching him play and have, at least from afar, gotten a vibe for what kind of dude he is. And he seems like a good dude. So that really, really sucks. And Brooks, (laughs) for all his fake snarling and all his posturing and everything, like, well, okay, I guess uh, guess this is the kind of stuff that he does. And 
the league better come down on him hard because if you're going to toss Draymond and not reduce his flagrant from a two to a one just for swiping at the ball and getting Brandon Clark in the face, if that is a flagrant two, this flagrant two should be way more. You just ended a guy's season and potentially, potentially, depending on how bad the break is, potentially altered his career. I'm not trying to sound too dramatic, but think about it. Like Andrew Bogut had a right elbow injury and he was a good offensive player coming out of Utah and he was a damn good offensive player playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. But we all know that his shooting went to hell after he came back from that elbow. He was not a reliable free throw shooter by the time he was on the Warriors. He was not anything close to a mid-range spot-up shooter or anything like that. And this was Gary Payton's left arm, his shooting arm. And he had just spent all season working on his shot, obviously in the summertime too, but his shot started falling. I've said before, and y'all know this by now, that the reason why he hasn't stuck in the league was because he couldn't shoot. You know, inconsistent shooter, but he worked hard on it and his shot came around shooting 36% from three and 62% from the field. So now you're messing with his shooting arm. Granted, Brooks didn't do anything to his arm, but you're asking for trouble if you're just going to go up there and smack someone in the head, daze them when they're up in the air. Nothing good is going to come out of that. So that's my biggest concern. And that's what I'm most upset with about this whole situation is just like, man, you know, like, did you have to do that? And for all these people to say Draymond is dirty, they don't watch Draymond (laughs) as closely as we've watched him. Yes, we are Warriors fans, so we like Draymond, but Draymond plays hard. And yes, sometimes maybe he gets a little bit more of a leash (laughs) than he should, right? He does talk to the refs a lot. He does yell a lot, all this other stuff, but he never, never, does stuff like this. You cannot compare the Brandon Clark flagrant two to this thing. Not at all. And then if people point to the big egregious things that they say that Draymond's done to earn this reputation, which are the 2016 flagrants that got him kicked out of the 2016 finals for a game, those quote unquote kicks to Steven Adams, I believe there were two of them. Those were those were natural basketball movements. He did not kick out. He did not kick out the way Chris Paul did to Jose Alvarado on the Pelicans in game, what, six for them of the first round. And then the foul on LeBron in the finals in game four. I mean, again, go back and watch that. I think people have forgotten. Some people say that, oh, he kicked LeBron in the groin. No. LeBron stepped over him and Draymond kind of just like pushed him off as if someone's going to step over you and you like kind of cover yourself and then also veer them away. That's what that was. So that's the stuff, right? Like Draymond, he's never tried to take anybody out across the head. He respects the game too much. He respects competition, like real competition too much. And For all those folks, especially Memphis Grizzlies fans who might think that it was just a hard-nosed play or whatever from Dylan Brooks, like imagine how you would feel if someone did that to John Morant in the air and he broke his elbow, you know? What would you think of that? You would think that that deserved a suspension, 100%. If this is what Dylan Brooks thinks is hard-nosed, tough guy play, that shows me that that's that's some fake stuff right there. Because if you got to do that then you're just a clown, man. It's a joke. 
So I don't know. That That's all I got to say about it for now. Looking at it from a team perspective, it's like, hey, you know, Steve Kerr started Gary Payton again, as he should have. And then this game, fast forward to the end, when the Warriors had a four-point lead, of course, John Morant is going to come downhill. Of course, he's going to attack Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson. You know what? Steve Kerr would have had Gary Payton the second in the game at that point. You know, he would have guarded that lead, especially once he saw John Morant getting to the basket as much as he was. Not saying that he could have stopped John Morant every time, but it sure as hell would have been different than how it ended. That being said, thankfully, there are a few days until game three on Saturday. And I think what the Warriors need to do is lick their wounds a little bit and use this motivation and hopefully get Andre Iguodala back. I know that he is 38 and he's not as spry or as quick to cover someone like John Morant, but he's definitely somebody you could put on him. He's smart, he's savvy, and he's bigger than John Morant. And I think that you need those extra guys to be able to to guard him. And this gives the Warriors some time because Steve Kern and the coaching staff, they need to figure something out to defend against that pick and roll because the Grizzlies just went to that every time in crunch time and the Warriors couldn't do anything about it. They need to study film because John Moran has the ability to, if you stop him, he's explosive enough and quick enough to get up higher quicker and get his floater up. And as we've seen, if he's coming with a head of steam, he can adjust in midair and you think he's going to go one way and then he will duck under and hit it off a glass. Like he'll come down the lane and then you think he's going to go towards the front of the rim, but he's going to go left off the backboard. He has that ability to just be in the air long enough and the body control to contort around. He did that to Clay a couple times. But at the end of the day, the Warriors, they got what they wanted. They wanted the split. This game is going to burn for a long time because of the Gary Payton stuff and the fact that this was definitely a game that the Warriors could have had. They could have just buried the Memphis Grizzlies if they took this game. The Grizzlies would have been down 0-2. They would have been like, oh man, the Warriors didn't have two of their key defensive guys, one in the first game, one in the second game, and we still lost. But now they have a little bit more confidence again, and they have been able to win in San Francisco. So hopefully y'all going to Chase Center on Saturday. Hopefully y'all are loud as hell the whole time. You know, not just when things are going good or not just when things are exciting, because that is a huge part of being home fans, right? And having home court advantage is the crowd just nonstop being in it. But, you know, looking at this series in general, like I feel fine. You know, I feel fine. The Warriors, they shot terribly and we still almost won. And, you know, sure, Memphis could say, oh, we didn't have Brooks out there. And, you know, so-and-so Bain didn't shoot well again. Or Jaron Jackson fouled out with three minutes left. But, like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we said during the season that what will happen if the Warriors can't shoot? You know, if everybody stops being able to shoot. And this is kind of what we saw. Going down the line, Clay Thompson, 5 of 19 in 14 minutes, only 12 points, only 2 of 12 from 3. Steph Curry, 39 minutes, 11 for 25, only 3 of 11 from 3, 27 points. Andrew Wiggins, 6 for 16, only 1 of 7 from 3, 16 points. Jordan Poole, 8 for 16, you know, 50%, 
but in 34 minutes, only one of six from three, and he had 20 points, but that's just not good enough to win a game like this. And I think the odds of this happening again at home in these next couple of games is very low. I don't think they'll shoot this poorly, but having a few days off is definitely going to help. You could tell. I mean, Clay was brutal tonight for as big as that three-point shot that he hit to ultimately be the go-ahead winning shot in game one. He was pressing tonight, man. He took some early shots and it's like, yo, man, like chill, you know? I know like you think you have it, but you got to, you know, get out of your emotions and think the game a little bit more. So he needs to settle down. And I think he just got caught up in it again. And Steph, you know, again, didn't shoot well. But what I did like from Steph was that he shot a bunch of two-point jumpers. You know, if the Grizzlies aren't going to give you those threes and you're not hitting your threes that well, shoot those twos because those always seem to go in for Steph, whether they were turnaround jumpers or floaters or whatever. So I appreciate that. But he had a couple threes at the end that really, really could have just been daggers, but they they clanked. And then there was that final foul call on Draymond Green after someone on the Grizzlies shot a deep shot and missed. The Warriors were not able to secure the rebound. Zaire Williams took the next shot and missed as well. And then Draymond got the rebound, but there was a foul call because John Morant fell down in front of him. And that was a very, very questionable call. He didn't have his hands on John Morant. He just purely, truly just went for the ball. You could see it. He was looking at the ball the whole time and he got it clean. It just so happens that John Morant hit the floor. I don't think that should get called in the playoffs. It's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. But at the end of the day, you you toss it, right? You toss it. You got home court advantage again. They have a couple days off. Hopefully get Andre back and right. And hopefully like Draymond who got the elbow in the eye. I mean, and his eye was like swelling shut. Hopefully that heals up and they get their mojo back and they come to Chase Center and really, really just put it on them. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And then there was that interaction that was caught on TV when, after the buzzer, John Morant was celebrating, basically, and walking back to the bench, and he passed by Steph and said something to him. I don't know if that's been discussed yet at this point, but hey, man, he's talking smack. So, you know, hopefully Steph uses that and makes Morant pay for that. You know what I mean? Hopefully that comes back to haunt him. I mean, if they're mad in game one, and then they were mad in game two... Give them some time to think about it. And hopefully in game three, they'll just come out and really, really direct that anger and displeasure in the right direction. 
Andrew Wiggins, he had the greatest dunk I've ever seen from him, period. Better than those two dunks when he played the Timberwolves early in the season because this was the playoffs and because I had never seen him so animated. He like growled, basically just like snarled at Brandon Clark after dunking over him and just like talk some major smack. I don't even know what he said, but I was like, well, what's gotten in that guy? I want to see that more often. But, you know, Wiggins, he had nine rebounds. And again, just like I said before, he battles and that's all you could ask for. And, you know, I like how he attacks the mismatches in the paint, in the post. But this was one of those games, like he only shot six or 16, like I said. And if everybody across the board shoots poorly, more or less, then it's going to be tough to win no matter what. I mean, the Warriors shot seven for 38 from three. That's 18.4%. That is gross. I mean, they would lose to the worst team in the league shooting that. Jonathan Kaminga, he came in and got more reps in the playoffs. And overall, I I liked what he did. He showed some initiative, <laughs> took a couple bad shots. I know there was one deep two-pointer, which it was late in the shot clock, but still he probably could have made another pass or done something off the dribble. But in general, in 14 minutes, three for seven, hit all three of his free throws. Like I've been saying all season, his free throw stroke looks good and it's paying off now. He had five boards, nine points. So, you know, he really does give that extra dimension of just athleticism and somebody you could throw the ball up to by the rim and just in that dunker spot, put it down. And I figure we're going to see a lot more of him too, right? It's like the stuff that Gary Payton brings, it's all different. Everybody does a little something that he does, right? Like Jonathan Kaminga does bring some defense, but also he is that guy in the dunker spot that Gary Payton often often fills. And like I said, there's Andre Godala, who again will be that defensive guy who can man up hopefully on some of these guards, especially John Morant. And honestly, in the rotation, we saw Damian Lee. He might get minutes too because just to have that guard rotation intact and not to overplay Steph and Poole and Clay. You know what I mean? It's going to be a team effort. And don't get me wrong. It's not like the Warriors can't win without Gary Payton. But as I said, after game one, the whole point of getting Gary Payton was to guard guys like this. So if you don't have that now, then you really do have to make a bit of an effort. The Warriors are going to have to make an effort the same way they've been making an effort to rebound, right? Everybody's attacking the boards. And the Warriors, again, out-rebounded the Grizzlies 52-47. to So... That's a positive too. I mean, it stings to let this game slip away, but I'm confident. I'm confident in what these guys can bring. And, you know, (laughs) this is just a close game. As they say, make or miss league. The Warriors definitely missed a lot. So that's all I got for now. Obviously not doom and gloom, but I do feel bad for Gary Payton beyond just the fact that the Warriors need him on the court. That's that's a big shame. And you play hard and you play tough and whatever. There's hard fouls in this game, but that ain't it, man. That ain't it. <laughs> Go watch that replay if you think that that was just a quote-unquote hard foul. Anyway, all tied up. Let's get them in a few days.
Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and definitely check out our YouTube channel. The link to that will be in the show notes. Be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. If you're so inclined, please do give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be dope and super helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Dubs.